right. Good morning. Uh, you can hear the dulcet ta- sounds of my sexy morning voice, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Mad on Mad podcast. Both of us coming to you with our beautiful morning baritones because I just somehow, for some reason, don't know how to stay the fuck at home. No, you don't. You're always out and about, always scooting and booting, spreading the coronavirus all over the country, one hotel at a time. No, hey, this is an Airbnb, baby. But now we're on the road. I am coming to you from Savannah, Georgia, baby. Savannah, Georgia. Me oh my. <laughs> you said, <laughs> Me you said oh that. My. It, you told me that it's like what Galveston wishes it was, which made me laugh because I don't know what Galveston thinks it is. Okay. I've been going to Galveston my whole life. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, in short, I never, I'm from Galveston and I never knew what Galveston thought it was until I came to Savannah, Georgia and said, holy shit, my hometown really wishes it was this <laughs> <laughs> like a s- southern beachfront or something i don't know yeah i mean southern beachfront just um savannah's really 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 fucking nice it's very beautiful um the town the main part of the town is littered littered not really littered but like littered one littered <laughs> there's 22 beautiful squares all over town so every few blocks there's a little park And they're very gorgeous with the big live oaks with the Spanish moss hanging from them. It's, I mean, Hmm. it's really a whole, it's, it's fucking awesome. It's a really great place. Sounds dope. Yeah. At night it comes alive. Great bar Mm. scene, um, to go drinks, you know, all that kind of shit. It's like, you got to do it right now. Yeah. Are they, are they just like raw dogging it in Georgia? Are they just doing whatever they want? Um, masks are required everywhere. But bars like are open. Bars are open. You can't walk in the front door of anywhere without a mask on. We haven't gone to any bar bars because that yeah. just is too much. Nasty. I mean, it's just gross. Yeah. We've gone to restaurants, though, and most of the restaurants we've been at have been, A, not super packed. B, have been keeping tables empty, you know, a table empty in between each party. All right. So, you know, it's... <laughs> As far as that goes, it's a little more than New York, but, like, not as little. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. Like, uh, I remember Georgia was where that uh, – they just, like, opened schools, like, to 100% capacity. <laughs> and then that student, like, took a picture of the hallway and got yeah. suspended. And it was kind of like, yo, fuck off. I think they might have learned a little bit of a lesson. Um, it seems like – I could be wrong, but this is a very artsy little liberal town. Like uh, it feels okay. very liberal to me. I see a lot of Biden and Harris. The only Trump shit you see is in the tourist section, oh. um, which is like River Street, right on the Savannah River, which is a cool part of town. But you see a lot of Trumpy shit there because you get a lot of other Georgians and South Carolinians and shit that are coming in for the weekend to get hammered. Um, but other than that, when you're in town, town, lots of Biden, Harris, lots of people following COVID protocol, pretty cool shit. That's good. Yeah. <sighs> what else, what else is new? You're in Savannah. You're working a wedding. I assume you're, uh, um, yeah. you're weddings in Hilton head, North Carolina. 
Oh, okay. South Carolina, South Carolina. South Carolina. <laughs> My bad. By the way, have you ever been to Hilton Head? No, I don't go places. So... <laughs> So my thought on Hilton Head, you hear about Hilton Head's beach town. Being from a beach town and having been to many a beach town, I thought it was going to be like every other beach town where it's just kind of like, uh, you know, kind of mostly a shithole, but has a few nice places. Galveston. Galveston. <laughs> Corpus Christi. Corpus, yeah. The Jersey Shore. Yeah. <laughs> no. Rockaway. <laughs> Rockaway, yeah. No. No. Hilton Head is beautiful. It's like if you took Highland Park or River Oaks, but put it on the beach. It's mm. fucking gorgeous. I've never seen a beach town like it. Wow. It's cray-cray, dude. It's the cray-crayness. Maze balls. Mm-hmm. Well, I've been kind of getting out and about lately. I am in a fucking show right now. When you texted me the other night and said you were performing, I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> we're all masked up, shielded up, socially distanced. One thing that we're doing now that I didn't even think of at first is that I just get my costume and then go hang out in the parking lot outside with my mask on. Oh, wow. And I just kind of wait because, I mean, I've been able to time it out when I when I am on stage and the stage door is literally like, like you walk in and you're three feet from the stage. Like it's literally oh, wow. a stage door. So it's <laughs> been, it's been interesting We're it's very limited seating, very limited crowds. I don't ever come into contact with anybody from the audience, which is super different than it used to be with this theater company that I've worked with this theater company like 12 years ago. But, um, and back then, yes. And we don't want to throw the name out there. Uh, I mean, whatever. They're they're doing it. It's the pocket sandwich theater. I've already talked about it on the show a lot. Oh yeah, that's, um, yeah. yeah. Uh, so I mean, it's whatever. I, I at first I was like, I don't want to tell anybody that I'm doing this <laughs> because I don't want anyone to come because I don't want to die. But I don't I don't think that that's gonna happen just because of how responsible we actually are being. Um, who's coming, dude? Last night we were sold out. <laughs> Okay. And opening night. By that I mean okay. there's like forty to fifty people. How many does the theater hold? Like a hundred and seventy. Oh, okay. So the crowd yeah. is pretty distanced. Yeah. Okay. And they have to wear masks? Yeah, well well they once they sit down and start eating and drinking, they don't have to. So it's restaurant rules. Yeah, it's restaurant rules. Okay. Yeah, I'd be more concerned for the actors in that scenario just because I know how tight quarters are in a backstage area, especially oh, in a non-fucking big proscenium. Absolutely. And I, I was the one that was like, at first, never mind. I'm not going to get into that. Nah, it's I've made it's sure that we are safe. <laughs> I'm fucking fat. The mortality rate is way higher for me. I'm not dying for this fucking play. By the way, the guy who told said that to you on Facebook... I wanted to motherfuck him into the ground, but I held back. Oh, don't worry about that shit. It's whatever. I know, but it was mean, and I'm fat, too, and you're my best friend, and I wanted to fight. I wanted to fight him. I, I handled it. You saw me. <laughs> I know, I know. I just, it's just my first instinct was to choke a motherfucker out. That shit happens all the time on Twitter. 
Oh, I know. It's especially, like, especially if I ever, ever, ever uh, criticize the police at all. No, God. It's like, oh, my God. They're like, oh, look at you. You're fat. It's like, hey, go back to kindergarten. <laughs> oh, wow. Am I? You're really Learn smart. Learn a new insult. <laughs> <laughs> I never knew. There's a lot of other bad things about me that you can look, that you can figure out that aren't as obvious. Dumb fuck. <laughs> Sometimes I'll thank people for telling me. I'll be like, oh, my oh, God, I never knew. Man. I'm going to change my life now. I'm going to stop drinking three Miller Lights a day. <laughs> I give people the same reaction they give me. I give other people when they tell me pro wrestling is fake. I'm like, you're fucking kidding me, right? What? You shut the fuck up. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. No, seriously. You're telling me it's fake? My whole life is a lie. The next thing you're going to tell me is uh, fucking Tony Soprano was not a real guy. (laughs) It was just some actor. Wait, you're telling me that James Gandolfini did eat pussy? Remember that that weird fucking Oh, that was Julia. That wasn't Tony. Yeah, but Tony got mad, didn't he? I don't remember what Tony's reaction was to it. He was like, oh my God, what a f- fucking weirdo. It's like, oh yeah, you're right. The all the boys got he like tried very to kill him over it. Didn't, no, he didn't, didn't try guy, to uh, didn't that guy almost get killed for doing that or something? He like definitely lost a lot of respect or something. It was a long time ago that I watched that season. Yeah. I can't really remember, but I do remember he like when <laughs> when <laughs> he found out that the woman told all her girlfriends or whatever. He fucking uh, went to where they were supposed to go on to Boca together, and he went to her office and he shoved a cake in her face and like motherfucked her into the ground and left her screaming and crying in the office going, Junior! And she's covered in cake and she's an old bitch and it's hilarious. Good God, that show is... (laughs) (laughs) I miss shows like that. Me too. (laughs) I love how, like, in that show, like, there were just flaws that characters had that nobody ever tried to redeem. (laughs) oh yeah oh yeah never (laughs) like Liv Soprano didn't have some great character arc where she learned to love her children she just fucking died yeah (laughs) Tony Soprano was just racist that was just the way it is he never learned to not be racist he was just racist that's it (laughs) not that that's a good thing but I just that's the way that that's the way the the real world is People Which don't sucks. try and people in power don't try to improve their behavior. Why would he? Yeah, he's got the power. He's got the money. What's what's he doing wrong? <laughs> he's he's paying for his kids. <sighs> what else he got? Uh, so yeah, I'm doing the show. It's fucking fun though. I miss performing. Yeah, I can only imagine. It's um, it's pretty. I mean, it's it, it is just freaky i don't know it's it's a very weird time it's weird to be doing theater and like not be going out with castmates i mean because you know you know like that feeling of after a show you just like charged up and like it's the best it's like so fun you just want to go raise hell but <laughs> and we gotta have. go home yeah i mean we i mean 
but you just gotta like go home. Mm. I made it from blows. downtown Dallas to Mesquite within like the time frame of doing the cockroach, which is like six or seven minutes. Just because I was so fucking charged up going like 90 miles an hour down I-30. <laughs> <laughs> In my tiny car. Get all pumped up, all jacked up. And then the next thing you're like, yeah, yeah, I did a show. I'm the man. I'm God. I'm home. And I'm home. Wow. Watching YouTube. <laughs> Watching YouTube. What I else love is the news? What else is we got? to? Oh, you know what's coming off of YouTube is fucking... Joe Rogan. All we of talk it or some of it. Uh, from my understanding, the like he's might still have clips up on YouTube after this, but full apps are going off. Oh, all wow. going to be on Spotify. And you know what? I've been actually. This is why I wanted to bring this up. Actually, now that I've now that I have, mm. Joe Rogan owes last podcast on the left some fucking money. Let's hear it. Okay, so I was never a Spotify guy. I don't like Spotify. I I I just think it's. I don't want to pay. I don't know. I'm already lined up with everything on Apple. I don't want to do a new thing, but I love me my fucking Lost Podcast. Yeah. And I remember whenever they bought, they went exclusive with Spotify. I was I immediately was like, wow, like Spotify is really doing something cool by by um sponsoring and paying for uh this podcast that is you know i don't i don't think that they get the respect that they deserve in my opinion like in my like, they, like they're just, yeah i mean i they, they they are um i mean just the fact that they never show up on any other of my favorite podcasts as like guests or any of that it's it's insane to me and so but it, but i love that spotify went went uh exclusive with them because to me it was like oh they're paying attention to what the good content actually is and they're and and they knew that last podcast had a loyal fan base and so i fucking created a spotify account and now i am on spotify which is which would not be the case if joe rogan had been the first person to do that correct Correct. And to your point about last podcast on the left, not getting the respect that we both feel it deserves the amount, like they are one of the most downloaded podcasts in America, I believe. Really? Okay. I thought at least I thought, but like everybody's hurt. You know, when I talk about, you know, the podcasts that are in that uh -huh. top echelon, Everybody knows about the Joe Rogan podcast. Everybody knows about Call Her Daddy. Everybody knows about My Favorite Murder. I rarely ever meet people that also listen to Last Podcast. Yeah. It's yeah, fucking same. crazy. I think and every time we do, it's in like, the game. And every time that I do run into them, it's like, oh my God, you listen to Last Podcast too. And, and it's like this intense, like, connection that I have with yeah. that person all of a sudden. And we both just start going, dear, 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 dear. Yeah. <laughs> but it's just, it's crazy to me that like Henry Zabrowski, like mainly it's nuts to me that Marcus Sparks and Henry Zabrowski like aren't out promoting it more or, or appearing on other podcasts. Like it's nuts to me that, that Henry has never been on like what the fuck with Mark Maron or, uh, yeah. uh, or even Rogan for that matter. Like, like, like 
isn't that crazy? I just think it's nuts because they're so popular by the numbers. They're so popular, but it, yeah. I just feel like like other comedians and other podcasters largely just kind of ignore them, except for my favorite murder who like routinely just like lifts their research and is like, so the main researcher on this project is Marcus Parks. It's like, you just listened to a fucking episode of last pod. Karen Kilgariff. Oh my God. She's done that more I didn't than like, know that. She's done that more than four times. Holy shit. It's which is whatever. I mean, your source is your source. You could just listen to Marcus, what Marcus says his sources are, and then go to those and do your own fucking research. Or you could just lift an episode and do and do your own separate ad read. Whatever. Whatever. My favorite murder. Do your thing. I'm still going to listen because you're funny. But well, we what? could make the same argument about our beloved college theater history professor, John Fleming. Oh, what do you mean? Because... I mean, he's just teaching everything that Oscar Brockett wrote. Oh, I didn't know that. And we we paid him a lot for that. He studied under Oscar Brockett, and Oscar Brockett wrote all the um, the theater history shit for our class. Oh, okay. I don't know. I'm just being an asshole. You, Um, you, uh... all right, sure. Never mind. It failed. It fell. It was a bit of a stretch. It It was a. Here's the pizza dough and you're stretching it out. You're stretching like a, it. Like a flan in a cupboard. I just slowly collapsed. Dr. Fleming there. Uh, Dr. One time I was writing a script and Dr. Fleming was like supervising me. And um he gave me advice, and in the middle of giving me advice, grabbed my shirt so hard that it ripped. And it was super like hot. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, that guy was the shit, man. He's so cool. He's he the so dean cool. of the fine arts now. I'm just he like, deserves hell, it. He fucking deserves uh, it. Chef's kiss down hell to old yes. Texas State. Hanging out with Beto O'Rourke. How about this in the news? Check yeah. this shit out. Bing, 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 bing. Check Beto this shit o- out. <laughs> Beto O'Rourke is going to be at Texas State teaching politics, talking about LBJ, I assume. Probably. It's probably part of the contract. <laughs> you have to teach at least one unit on Lyndon Baines Johnson. <laughs> that's all. That's what the poli site department is. They're like, <laughs> he was a brilliant politician, and we knew that whenever he came here and stole a student council election. <laughs> Dude, you're not wrong about him being a brilliant politician. Yeah. Oh, Poli- yeah. That's yeah. That's their whole bag. They're like, he's a great politician. He may not have been a great public servant. May not have been a good person <laughs> or a good public servant, but he was a good politician and he passed the Civil Rights Act, so fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> and he's dead. Yeah, there's an argument made, and I've read this from a lot of different angles, um, that he was the only person in Washington with enough power and influence to get that thing passed, and it's the only reason he was selected as a vice president. Wow. Well, yeah. good for him. I guess he's nuts. I'm about to start reading his book or the Robert Caro book about him. Mm -hmm. I read the first like five pages of it and it started out actually in the Greenbrier uh, resort in West Virginia, which is where my family used to go back when we were like rich hillbillies in the thirties and forties and fifties and sixties. 
<laughs> Hillbillies in, in tuxedos. We would go to the Greenbrier Resort. Well, you shit. Sorry. But like, no, I mean, that's maybe not, maybe not that. Maybe that's the mom side of the family. I'm talking about the Butterfields. Uh, I gotcha. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm interested in this. It's, it was really the first few pages were really well written. And I know Conan O'Brien is obsessed with that series of books. Robert, have you heard about this? Robert Caro's Path to Power? Um, I've not heard of this particular series, but I feel like the name Robert Caro is like it's like he's on a, the edge of my brain. Yeah, he's a super famous biographer. Okay. Um, well, but he um, he's written these like tomes on LBJ. And um, I'm super fucking pumped to read it, to at least read the first one. I don't think I'm going to read all of them. Just because oh, how much can you shit. talk about LBJ? He was its president for a term and a half. Yeah, but there's a lot of political posturing and power grabbing that led up to that. There's yeah, a long, he was a senator that, I mean, bro, bro. And, he's, and, and he just started off as like this podunk fucking teacher in the middle of central Texas in the 30s. Like, yeah, he was a speech it, and debate coach. God, it's it's really pretty amazing. It really is. Um, what else you got? We're raw dogging it today, so we got we got to stay hot. We yeah, we're stay raw hot. dogging it. We're riding the lightning right now. Um, um, I'll just go to something that I'm that's on the top of my brain right now. Do it. Is um, speaking of the Joe Rogan podcast. So as you know, whenever I make an enemy or an enemy makes themselves to me. Um, I do a deep dive. I, oh God, I try to learn everything I possibly can about that individual. And after the first presidential debate, the target of my research became Gavin McInnes, the founder of the Proud Boys. And oh. I actually oh, went, boy, and I lit. He had Joe, Joe had him on twice. Uh huh. I listened to both of them. You listened to and, all of that. Yeah. Oof. Hey, I, I, you know, keep your friends close, keep your enemies closer. That's how I operate. Oof. I know my enemies like I know the back of my fucking hand, okay? And he is a very big learn? enemy. I learned that he is a, when you think of somebody who founds a movement, who starts a, a big group that is causing a ruckus so much so that they're brought up in the fucking presidential debate as the Proud Boys were, you think of somebody who's going to be something special. If you, even if you don't like it, something special. This guy is not special. He's just a fucking asshole. He's a weirdo. He's a weirdo asshole. Like there's nothing special. None of his ideas are fun or grandiose or, or profound. He's just a dickhead. He's just a, yeah. a dickhead with no empathy. That's it. I cannot believe that this is the guy that these people decided to follow. Like it's crazy. it is mind blowing. And I will defend Joe on this. Joe spends 90% of both podcasts telling Gavin that he's full of shit and that he's really, an and he doesn't take anything he says seriously. All right, go Joe. Good for Joe. Yeah, but, but in my deep dive, I was trying to figure out who this guy is and why these people follow him. And it just serves to the point 
that there's no grand political thing behind the Proud Boys. They're just a bunch of dickheads that want to be dickheads to people. Well, they're like a gang, aren't they? I mean, they literally yeah. like jump each other in and stuff. Yeah, pretty but much. But they He's do said- like gay stuff to each other. Not that that's bad, but like, they, but isn't it like, don't they like jerk each other off or something? I mean, I read, I'm, I know that, that that sounds like homophobic and weird of me to say, but I literally read that they do like, that they like rape each other or something in order to jump each other in. And I know that, was, that Gavin McGinnis shoved a dildo up his ass on like Grand Avenue a couple of years back. Just, I don't know. He just walked out onto Grand Avenue in Williamsburg was mad about something and shoved a big dildo up his ass. There's a video of it on YouTube or on the internet. Maybe not on YouTube anymore, but it, Jesus it, Christ. It was, I don't, he was mad. He was like, I'm white and angry. And like, just like sat down on it. And it was like, <laughs> Whoa, like, what is that? What is what? Hey man, I think that you just wanted to do that. And you've set this up as some sort of, I don't know. He was like saying Western society was raping him or something. And I'm just kind of like, hey, I think that you just wanted a dildo up your butt, dude. Yeah. That sounds like he just wanted a dildo up his butt. And it, you know, it doesn't surprise me that that's the kind of like correlation he would try to make because the guy is an idiot. Okay. Yeah. So imagine you're just some slapdick nobody who works at a magazine. Okay? Yeah. In Montreal in 1993. And then another guy comes in who actually is has issues, absolutely. Shane Smith has a lot of issues. Sure. But when it comes to business, the guy knows what the fuck he's doing. So imagine yeah. you work at this magazine. This guy comes in and takes that magazine and turns it into a multi-billion dollar multimedia corporation. And you're just some fucking ugly dickhead who wrote his coattails to fame. That's mm-hmm. Gavin McInnes. See, I thought he was like a founder of Vice. He's listed as a founder. And you know how this thing goes where there's there's three founders. It's him, Gavin, and a guy whose name I forgot. Okay. Uh, Shane, Gavin, and a guy whose name I forgot. Shane was Gavin was at this magazine. They hired Shane to be the lead salesperson. And then Shane, Gavin, and the other guy bought the magazine from the original owners and retitled it as Vice and became what it became, which... And my early, all my research on it uh, was early on was known as the international hipster Bible and shit like that. Yeah, so, they're like the hipster news source. But yeah, the hipster good. news I, source. I like no, them. I'm not shitting on Vice. I'm not shitting on Vice at all. I'm talking yeah. about Gavin McInnes's rise to fame and rise to notoriety uh-huh. was as a founder of Vice. But Vice became Vice because of Shane Smith. So yeah. it's like, if me and you have this podcast... And then we hire a third guy that comes in who's a fucking business genius. Yeah. Has his issues. I'm not saying Shane Smith doesn't have his issues, but sure, I, I the don't fucking know much about proof him. is the proof is in the pudding with what he's done with Vice. Okay. Yeah. And he comes in here and he blows this shit up and Matt on Matt becomes a, a multi-billion dollar international brand. And one of us is just like, hey, you know what? I don't like the blacks. <laughs> <laughs> and that definitely would be that's definitely gonna be you um <laughs> not a chance in hell i'm a big fan i'm fucking with you um, <laughs> but yeah my deep dive was more frustrating than i thought it would be 
he's a I mean, yeah, I I um I don't like that. I, I've never felt the need to do a deep dive on that guy just because I, I watched like two minutes of what he was about. I've had a couple <laughs> of friends that like got sucked into his shit. Um and I had to like suck them out and you know them by the way. Oh no. They're close. They're close. Text me later. Yeah. <laughs> I had to be like, hey. Uh, he was he's one of those guys that's just like I I remember he he's one of those guys that argues about saying white privilege isn't real because his life has been difficult and he's had to work. And it's like that's oh. not what it is. That's not what it is. That's not what white privilege is. That doesn't no. mean that you are privileged and walk around with you know people handing you shit it's it means that you can i don't know smell bad in public and cops aren't going to shoot you i thought of this the other day it's what it really is is when you look at the world it's like a hundred meter dash okay there are some people that start at the starting line and i would say starting at the starting line is the majority of white people in america we actually start at the starting line Mm-hmm. A lot of black people start a hundred meters behind the starting line. Some of them start in the next town over. Yeah. And then people like Donald Trump Jr. are, you know, born <laughs> 10 feet from the finish line. You know what I mean? That's really yeah. what it all boils. That If I could put it into a thing that makes it make sense in my head, it's that you and I got to start at the starting line. A lot of our black friends got to start in the next town over. Sure. From the race. Right. Yeah. Sure. Okay. And he does not believe that in the slightest. He does not no, believe no. that. No, no. Gavin McGinnis is just like, it doesn't exist. It's not a thing. And it's like, yes, it is. Yes, it is. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I just had to re educate some fucking people on that. Yeah. What else happened? Oh, I passed my fucking teacher's test. Yeah. So I that's might be, be a teach, teach. Next year, I should be. Start starting to, starting to apply for jobs and getting benefits. I'm hot um, teacher. I was so stressed out about that because the test was shockingly hard. <laughs> <laughs> I remember you telling me some of the questions about because it was you did the one that was specific to theater, correct? Yes, yes. And some of the questions they had that were like costume design and dude shit. I, dude it's like they're, they're like i don't know it felt like um i don't have a master's degree and i've never been through a master's like program but i have had them described to me and you have your orals right at the end of your master's degree you have your oral test where you can just be asked any random thing about any element of theater or or background of whatever whatever it is that you're studying, and you need to be able to provide an answer. It doesn't have to necessarily be a great answer, but it has to be an answer. And that's what this felt like. It's like they didn't give a shit that I mainly studied acting. They don't give a shit that I also studied writing. They're like, here's ten questions on how to budget a costuming uh, situation. How do you fix costumes? What paint do you put on fabrics? By the like, way, you, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I what I, I answered acrylic. Was that? But right I don't or know wrong? if that's the right answer. Oh, okay. I, I don't. <laughs> I don't know. They don't tell you. They, they just say you passed or you failed. And you I just passed. Need to 
text Aaron Dodd or something. <laughs> Aaron Dodd. I haven't <laughs> Aaron Dodd. I haven't heard of heard from her in years. Yeah, she's a legit costume designer. I don't think that's her name anymore. I think she 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 done got married. She got booed up, booed up from yeah. the toot up. But you know, yeah, anyway, it was just somebody who was a costumer. So I was like fucking like at, at the end of the test, they they're like so you take the test and at the end of it they're like you have one minute to decide if you want to submit this as your test and i like at the end of it i was just kind of like i don't know if i want to submit this as my test oh my god but i went ahead and did it and everything worked out turns out i actually do know about theater bitches baby yeah you like turns out well yeah i did for yeah i did do really well fucking a that's my boy i'm proud of you it's gonna be great start teaching these kids I'm what I, I I'm I'm excited to do it. It's it's all pretty much laid out on what you need to teach them, but I'm just excited to like work in my weirdo perspective on theater. I fucking <laughs> love blowing Texans minds when I tell them what I was doing in New York. <laughs> theater wise, they're just kind of like, "What?" <laughs> Last night I was telling cast members they're like, so what's your story, Matt? You did a show here 12 years ago, but now you're back. And I was just like, well, I went to school right after I did the show here, or I was in the middle of school whenever I did the show here. And then I lived in Austin for about a year. Then I went to New York and just did like experimental theater downtown for six or seven, for like seven years, six and a half years. And, um, you know, and drank they a all whole lot like, of beer. <laughs> Drank a whole lot of beer, a whole lot of tequila. And um, then I went on, they were like, well, what's somebody, I forget how it came up, but somebody was like, well, what's one of, what's a show that you were in? And I told them about that project. I'm just going to say it now. The, the fuck, fuck my NDA. That, that shit's expired. Um, the, the, the project with David Byrne that I worked on where we were like guiding people through rooms and challenging their, 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 perceptions of reality where we'd, we'd completely cut off all the light in a room and then send out flat like flashes of light and make it look like I was flying above the audience members talking about so like the audience member sees me jumped up in the air because of this flash of light and something that I did during the flash of light and then I get down next to them and you literally see me like floating right in front of you but then I get next to you and I'm like right like right next to your ear and I'm like am I here or am I there who knows and it's like <laughs> he's yeah. it's fucking so, fun so that's so David Byrne oh my god yeah, yeah. and like, it's just fun watching these people fucking like you did that as a job like yeah <laughs> a month man it was fucking rad <laughs> hell, yeah. hell yeah they paid your rent that month they did, and then I owed taxes, and it was fucking annoying. But, but, um, 1099. Fucked up my fucking return. Shit. Well, <laughs> refund, whatever it's called. But yeah, um, so you're gonna bring a you're gonna bring a perspective into teaching Texas high school theater that oh right. brother, I'm telling you, all these kids that got their little BA with a teacher cert. That, you know, they can tell you, you know, they can direct you at Arthur Miller or Tennessee Williams. They're, oh, buddy. Oh, buddy, there's a whole nother perspective coming there. Buddy, <laughs> let's do Arthur Miller. I've done Arthur Miller. I did, Ar- hey. I, did ex- I did Arthur Miller up in New York with a 
and we nearly got shut down because we did not have the rights to do what we were doing. <laughs> yeah. Now, I'm not shitting on Arthur Miller or Tennessee Williams. I love those plays. It's just one of the, like, you were doing, like, if that that's mainstream, that's what, yeah, you know, sure. you're going to see. You were doing the shit. You were doing the opposite. Yeah. Which right. is the great thing about New York theater is that it's all there. Right. Right. I was talking to somebody about it last night. She was just like, she was like, I think that that experiment, that abstract, the- they all called it abstract theater, which I thought was funny. <laughs> they were like, my, like this one girl was telling me, she was like, she was telling me that her professors were always on her talent whenever she was in college telling her that um, abstract theater is where the future of theater lies. And she like didn't believe them. And I was just like, dude, no, that's totally 100% correct. That's where they figure out like immersion theater. Yeah. That's where that came up. That whole concept that's like super lucrative now that was cooked up in downtown New York city theater scene, immersion yeah. theater and, and in Chicago, it's Steppenwolf. Yeah. Well, and there's, you know, anything that's out of the ordinary that comes to the mainstream in a, what would be essentially a watered down version of mm-hmm. that effect Mm -hmm. it all starts in the small houses downtown right right or just not even watered down just like a more focused maybe that's a good point you know you have an idea down here in the small house that Mm -hmm. is an idea and it's it's the beginning of something and then it becomes more laser focused as it gets to the commercial side right and i mean i saw that process um, like seven years ago when I did, or eight years ago, even when I did uh, this great country, which is that Arthur Miller show that almost got shut down. We, mm-hmm. we initially did it in Austin as a part of fun, fun, fun fest. Wait, no, not fun, fun, fun fest. What's the other festival? Um, ACL. No, it's like a theater festival. It oh, doesn't matter. Uh, fuck. Fuse box, fuse box, fuse box. Um, we did it as a part of Fusebox, and it was like kind of a fucking mess. It, it was it was good. Like the concept was there, but you know, I mean, not to shit on you know mid country talent, but like it, it, there was just nobody had ever seen anything like that before in Austin, and I had not, and including myself, I struggled with that work a lot. But um. So, so it kind of from scene to scene varied in quality, but then when we eventually brought it up to New York and recast some people, they kept the main family, the main, um, the, the Lomans together. They kept all of the same Loman, will, you know, uh, the mom, Biff and Happy, those were the same. And then a couple of the kids, they, they kept as, um, uh, kept like uh, the core principles together. right but but we had seven different people playing willie loman oh fancy yeah okay that's a lot more intense than keeping the core principles together <laughs> right <laughs> and a lot of those willies were recast in new york and put into and they did a lot more of like you know your traditional sort of acting process and they and i mean the talent pool in new york is just so much deeper that you're pulling up all these bfa people that like can can do can stretch themselves in ways yeah that like a librarian can't yeah <laughs> um, you know the experience of going inside and pulling some shit out and really 
fucking right. And so, and, and so you got to really see like with those two different uh, productions of the same show, you got to see like the ultra raw sort of like really experimental, not for everybody version in Austin. But then we pulled it up into downtown, um, you know, the down, uh, downtown, it was the river to river festival. And we, I mean, we packed the house every night. Hundreds of people saw that. I mean, I think a thousand, like 2000 people ended up seeing that show or something in just two fucking weeks. A. Like it was fucking like, is that the one you nope. said you did in an old mall in the financial district? Yes. At that, right. um, it's a, it's that, um, pier at that pier, pier, pier 17 before they yeah. tore it down and rebuilt it. Okay. Yeah. We did it on the edge of that dock of that new venue. Mm-hmm. That used to be like a like a shopping mall, and we yeah. did it. We did it in an old Express for Men department <laughs> store, and then they ripped it down because they were like, "We can't keep doing this shit. We're not making any money." <laughs> yeah, and uh, Pier Seventeen now is brand new. Have you? Did you go there with me? Since yeah, yeah, I've been built? there with you. Yeah, okay, yeah. I couldn't remember. I've been there with you before or after. I remember. I remember we went there. We were like, "Let's go check it out," and then we get there, and every fucking place. It was like, do you want an eighteen dollar Tecate? <laughs> <laughs> we'll give you a little thimble with tequila next to it. It's like, oh my god! They learned from that mistake. I will just say, oh, uh, did they? Yeah, the bar, like the Heineken bar that's on the end, has become reasonable. Okay, um, they do have some higher end restaurants, but they did a really cool thing during COVID at Pier Seventeen. Um, after, of course, lockdown was lifted. They did um, on the rooftop, they did like this patch of grass thing. Mm-hmm. So you go up, you make a reservation, you go up there and the reservation's free. The patch of grass is free. You buy food and you buy beer and socially distanced out. Everybody gets like a 10 by 10 patch of grass with a lawn chair and a big umbrella. And it comes with a Yeti cooler full of ice. And you have a server that comes and brings you your food, your drinks, and you can just fucking relax outside on the rooftop. That's nice. And you can bring the dog and he can lay in the fuck. It's Astro Play. It's the artificial, but it's the really nice stuff. And bro, let me tell you, there were a couple times. uh, It was just like, we got to get out of the fucking house. And we went there and it really was fucking awesome. So they're really making a lot of great use out of that venue because like, also, during the summer, when there's not COVID, it's concert venue on top. I saw a concert right. there. And um, ESPN is there now. That's where ESPN's New York studios are. So, but anyway, that's where well, you shit. did that's this where, great country. <laughs> that's where I did this great country in 2012 or 2013. <laughs> and yeah. uh, my point being is that, like, that's where, you know, I would describe that that second one as definitely a more mainstream version of this great country but also just more focused it was so much more Mm -hmm. like they they took this all these radical elements and then crystallized them into a more digestible thing fun story that show almost got shut down by the miller estate like two days before we opened and it was very stressful for the people producing that show. Yeah, I can only imagine. I learned about that after the fact, and it was kind of like, <laughs> they were like, yeah, we could never do this again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I've never had that experience with in a show, ever. 
<laughs> You've never been shut down. I've been or almost <laughs> shut down. I've been I've been in two shows that have been shut down and uh, one that was almost shut down. That's just how I roll, baby. Oh I can never God. I got to always push it. I can never fucking do anything normal. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. That's outstanding. Do you want to tell the story of the other show that got shut down in Brooklyn? No, or no, no. Okay, I didn't think I wanted to ask. No, that's just okay. too much. It's just that'll like, go on our when we start our Patreon and we start doing yeah. Patreon exclusive. That, that'll go on the Patreon because that sure. is a yeah. good fucking story. <laughs> <laughs> when you called me, when you called me and told me that the next day, I was gobsmacked. I was dumbfounded. I could not believe the words that were coming out of your fucking mouth. <laughs> I'm not Don't telling tell that. Now. Save I'm not it. Telling Save that. it. That's, that's, I'm, I'm not, building that's... anticipation for our future Patreon. Okay. <laughs> it's that is, that's happen. a story that I want to sell. That's not a story yes. that I want to just give away because it's, <laughs> <laughs> let me just tell you folks, theater gets weird. Oh yeah. And the people who do theater are weird. And I, and I, um, you know, I, I'm still working with that guy. Oh, no that, shit. That sh- I'm like in the middle, like today I got to finish up a project for him. Oh, fuck. Uh, we're working on a protest song. Nice. That's cool. So, I mean, it's complicated. I do think about that show sometimes and I'm kind of like, what were we thinking? Like that <laughs> would have never aged well whatsoever. Nope. Cause it like the, the, like the, like I think like a month later, Hannibal Burris starts trending for calling out Bill Cosby and sexual assault. And then the me too thing happened like literally like two months after that show closed. And the show involved a lot of questionable sexual acts. Yeah. Essentially what not, not on stage, not no, on stage, but like just the conversation was very, um, weird. What is it about us producing something edgy and then a week later a movement happens? Because that happened with a film project that you and I did. Oh, I forgot about that too. Yeah. <laughs> we filmed something that was hilarious, by the way. But 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 didn't but it didn't have like a very good moral ending, and yeah. the, and and it had to, and it dealt with race and um and racism. And I guess some people involved didn't feel like the racist got his comeuppance enough in it, even though they read the script beforehand, but, um, and knew how it ended whenever they agreed to be in it. Um, yeah. Uh, but then the black lives matter thing blew up. Well, what happened was we shot it in two weeks after we shot it. Michael Brown was murdered in Ferguson. Oh, and then Eric, Eric, um, Garner, was strangled to death in Staten Island. Right. Two weeks then, after we filmed that. And then it was like, I don't know if we should, if this is, I was actually really pissed that we didn't release it at the time, but now I'm kind of relieved that it, that we didn't release it almost. Yeah. I was pissed at the time because I thought I did a, I thought, and the feedback was that I did a really good job in it. Yeah. So like I was excited for people to see me act. I wasn't thinking about, you know, what kind of blowback that would have on you as the writer or on, you know, Chris as the director or whatever. Yeah. Because it just was a time before. It was right. a time before. It was a time before. That's the best way and to put to it. And to be clear, we weren't like having Matt running around shooting black people. It was just, it was. 
<laughs> it was we can was tell just, what happened i mean yeah yeah, just, yeah sure it was just essentially like a, my character pulls a gun on a black guy for no reason and gets away with it yeah and this happened two weeks before michael brown happened so right and it was all in the name of slapstick comedy yeah and the like my character i got the shit beat out of me for it but i didn't go to jail which right. was the it was like the the tug the push and pull between the members of the cast that had an issue with it and us who wanted to release it was it was like but i got my ass kicked like i got the shit beat out of me by a giant man for doing yeah. that and they're like yeah right. but you didn't go to prison I'm like, justice wasn't served justice wasn't served in the legal sense right so, so anyway. we ended up pulling the plug on it which really you know i think it needed to happen you know now that there's some time in between it i'm glad that those images aren't really out there with my name on it yeah just to be honest yeah. but at the same time it did suck to put all this money into something and then just have it yeah. dissolve yeah and to do something that I, you know, we, I think we turned out a, in terms of like performances, editing, the shots, we turned out a really good final product. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, is what it is. Time moves but forward. Time moves on. The thing is, is that we would have been the main character on Twitter. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and not in a good way. <laughs> it's never good to be the main character on Twitter. Nope. You never, that's the idea is that you're never the main character on Twitter. Dude, Twitter is the worst place and the best place, and I hate it and love it all equally. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a trip, especially lately. I'm just so itching for this election to be over. Oh my God, so much. <sighs> so, just, so much. I want my Twitter back. I want when silly things happened to come back. <laughs> I'm so tired of this dark hellscape that we live in, and I'm so tired of this political time. And oh, I'm just so tired. And if I'm tired, <laughs> dude, that's exactly what I was thinking yesterday. Yesterday, I was in the back of the car, back seat, and we're driving, and I'm thinking to myself, I'm just so. I saw a Trump sticker on a truck, and I just like felt like going to sleep. Like yeah. I just felt exhausted. And, you know, I'm going to change the subject because I've got a sure. few things that I'd like to recommend that okay. that um, have um, absolutely helped me get through a lot of this dark mental period. Because I don't know, like, there's a lot of people like you and I. We're not the type of people that can just turn off shit when dark shit's going on. I can't just turn it off and go have fun. I, it right. stays in my mind. So now it's so time for... Is- we're all going to die, it's our only guarantee. Just to pass the time, I suggest you listen to me. It's the Matt on Matt podcast. Recommendsies. Recommendsies, everybody. A couple of things that have helped me get through the darkness. Uh, one is a YouTube show. It's a weekly sports, specifically football YouTube show called That's Good Sports with Brandon Perna. And I don't know if this guy's a stand-up comedian. I don't know if he's a comedy writer. I don't know what his background is. He's from Denver, Colorado, and every week he produces a 15 to 20 minute all the news and notes football comedy show. And the guy's just fucking hilarious. I really enjoy his work. Everybody check it out. That's good sports with Brandon Perna. That's good Perna sports. 
on YouTube. And also something that just dropped. Um, and I personally have never been like super into bluegrass, but. Oh, yeah, yeah. I know what you're about to recommend. My boy Sturgill, he put out Cutting Grass Volume 1, where he's taken all of his back catalog of his last four albums and has recut everything as bluegrass. Hell yeah. And he's the fucking man. He's the shit. It's so he's good. great. Oh, Sturgill's the man. He's yeah. He's like he's like Jack White in that he's like just one of the living real rock stars. Yeah. He's Jack White if Jack's from Kentucky and not Detroit. <laughs> yeah. Um my my recommend Z, I would recommend another kind of sports centered show called The Roach Motel with oh. Hosh, with Josh Potter. Um it's on the YMH, it's on the Your Mom Your Mom's House uh YouTube channel. Uh, Josh has made me um, nearly pass out from laughing, um, <laughs> especially on the first episode. He's, <laughs> I'm just going to give the bit away because, like, what's he going to do? Bucket. Fucking sue me. Uh, he, he bitches at me on Twitter every now and then. Um, he, uh, You just got to go watch it. it, it at one point, there's a clip where he – so Josh's background is broadcasting. He used to work in terrestrial radio, and he used to work in sports radio. And um, his so he's fascinated with that whole culture of sports broadcasters. And the show, while it it, while he does talk about sports, it's almost also about the broadcasters themselves. And he plays this clip where they're like, these two baseball guys are like, "Well, it's uh, Halloween. Um, Tell me, Dan, what's something that scares you?" And he's Dan's like, "Well." You know, as time passes, different things begin to scare you. And I think the thing that scares me most is dying alone in a hotel room. <laughs> this is this was said on a live broadcast. This was said on not and then, they, then he just goes, <laughs> and that's a single. He makes it to first base. <laughs> the funniest fucking things I've ever heard in my life. Just like, whoa, we were talking about like black cats, dude. Like, <laughs> we were talking about like about, witches and yeah, like, are you ever in the bathroom and the lights go out? <laughs> not, not like, what are you, what are you scared of? <laughs> Dying alone in a hotel room. <laughs> oh my God. It's like, Jesus. Oh. <laughs> and then he just goes right back to announcing the game. Like he didn't just say that. <laughs> it's like the that, funniest that, fucking things I've ever heard. That sportscaster who was doing an, an apology for being a racist. And he's like, I am not a racist. I've never been a racist. And that's a line drive to left field. That's going to be a home run. And when I think about my family. <laughs> it wasn't. Ra- I know who you're talking about. It wasn't racism. It was homophobia. Oh, that's what it was. My bad. I'm not going to say what he said, but he... Oh, he's like, I'm a man of God. I've always been a man of God. That's a line drive to left field. It's going to be a home run. (laughs) (laughs) And then that dude got fucking replaced during that game. All before the fifth inning, this guy said a homophobic (laughs) thing, apologized for it, and was fired and replaced all by the fifth inning. Which means we gotta, we gotta like look baseball. All we need is five innings. What are we doing with nine <laughs> innings? These games are too long, dude. Baseball can be long as 
fucking fuck. It's it's stupid, is what I'll say. Uh-huh. I, I don't like it. I like going well, to a baseball game. Be quick as shit, but they sell so much commercial time. Right. Sure. I Meanwhile, guess. then you got hockey, which is like two hours, and you're done. Right. Because they because they know. <laughs> Except for in the playoffs, it's usually about three hours. Yeah. A little more chutzpah, a little more pomp and circumstance. Well, you know who I don't recommend this fucking season is the Dallas Cowboys. Are we going to talk about it oh, at all? Oh, man. What a what a rough go of it. You're the expert here, but I'm and I'm the 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 fair weather layman. Um, and boy, the weather is not looking too good this season, buddy. It's uh, I all my love and prayers, if that's what you want to call them, go out to Dak Prescott right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but man, this team is just looking messy. I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to throw out my don't at me, bro. Okay? Do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Yeah, let's do this. We're going to do this. We're going to do it right. The way Matt on Matt does it, we do it right. (laughs) 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 Don't at me, bro. Don't at me, Mike Nolan. What the fuck are you doing? Mike Nolan, the defensive coordinator of the Dallas Cowboys. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what what the living fucking shit are you doing? What is going on? What is going on? This makes no sense. We had at least a competitive defense made up of mostly the same guys for the last few years. You come in, and now it looks like the defense is being played by the JV girls volleyball team. What <laughs> in the blue dog shit are you doing, Mike Nolan? You what were- is happening? You were a garbage time head coach for the San Francisco 49ers. Everybody said you were a great defensive mind. So far, it looks like you have not watched film in 15 fucking years. You don't know how football works anymore. And that's apparent by the first four weeks of Dallas Cowboys football. You have your head firmly implanted in your fucking ass. And you can kiss my fucking testicles. I fucking hate you. Dak, you forced Dak to do this to himself. You, your fucking defense is the reason why Dak absolutely felt like he had to carry this fucking team and absolutely put himself in a position to get injured because your defense is fucking horseshit. Fuck you, Mike Nolan. Shove it up your ass. Kiss my ass and go fuck your mother. Don't at me, bro. Yeah, don't at me, bro. I'm going to yell at the kicker that missed an extra point the other day. <laughs> <laughs> Shouldn't we just chop off his fucking foot? You're gonna miss an extra point. It's called the extra point. It's an extra point. And you miss it. That's all I have to say. Don't at me, bro. Don't at me, bro. It's an extra point. They don't even make you do it on Madden. I mean, they do, but you just have to hit A twice. And you get it. And you get it. There's no pressure on the extra point. I understand no. you miss a field goal. There's just pressure and there's distance. The extra point, it's a, you put the cherry on top of the Sunday and then you eat the Sunday. 
the man has a good point, ladies and gentlemen. And if you're not following him, you're an asshole. <laughs> you have a good point. Like Mike too. Nolan. You, you said it better than me. It's like Mike Nolan doesn't understand that the defense is supposed to stop the other team's offense. Yeah. That's what I watch. <laughs> like, like, that's what I, when I watch the Cowboys, it's like, do they know that they're supposed to like be trying to stop this from happening? and i look at it and we have the same fucking players so i know it's not the players i know it's not the players because we used to stop people we used to stop people i know it's not demarcus lawrence i know it's not uh jalen smith i know those guys are good football players because i've seen them be good football players it is the scheme it's the coaching it's whatever the fuck is going on in that defensive coaches meeting is I think they're they, they might be drunk. I don't know. They either drunk or stoned. I don't know which one would affect their performance worse. Whichever one it is, that's the one that they are because that's what this looks like. <laughs> Maybe they're just horny. I don't know. <laughs> they just need to get laid. <laughs> if somebody go have sex with Mike Nolan and see if it makes the team better. <laughs> Clear his head. <laughs> God, that was off the dome and straight from the heart because I had no clue what I was going to do for Don't At Me. And then you brought up the Cowboys and I said, Mike Nolan. I was like, don't at me. Let's fucking roll. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, anyway, I believe that's all I've got in me for today, man. That one really, yeah. that don't at me, took it out. Because I, you know me. Yeah, I, I know. I fucking love the Cowboys. I know, but it's just rough. It's just... We lost our. We lost the only guy that was keeping it together. I love and now, Dak. Uh, like he's, you, I don't know. I'm starting to under. Here's the deal. Here's what. Here's what the deal is. Now that I'm trying to stay away from being a fair weather fan, and I'm actually following a little bit this year, and I, I am understanding. I'm understanding the plight of the Tony Romo truther now. Thank you, because Dak. We don't deserve. We don't deserve Dak. And Dak we didn't deserve to a, Tony. And we didn't deserve Tony. And these, like, he needs to go to a real team. Not that we're not I a real be- team, but but like, it's just it's it's. You look at his stats, and he's one of the greatest football players. Like he's 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 just doing nothing but rushing, doing nothing but getting down the field. But then the the Dallas Cowboys defense comes out, and they all have you know cleats up their assholes and they can't stop like they they can't stop anything from like it's just i'm with you i'm a tony romo truther and always have been people are like tony romo sucks i'm like you don't know football (laughs) you don't know the first thing about do you know what a first down is i used to be i used to be one of those people man i i (laughs) am still kind of one of those people but I'm, but I'm, I'm getting on the fence at least. Yeah, I'm, I'm buying into the Tony Romo thing a little bit now because it's. I'm just looking at what Dak is going through and how he is the only glue that was keeping that team somewhat relevant, and uh, then it all just got fucking ripped away from him. Well, welcome to the fence, brother. I, I well, you know, I'm glad you're here. It's picket, so it's gonna hurt. At, yeah. but you know. <laughs> Um, at least you can see both sides of the yard from here. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're at about an hour. Are we at an hour? Yeah, we're just about at an hour. That's going to be enough for us. We're going to be good to go. Um, I love awesome. all of you, everybody out there. I love you, Matt. 
Um, and you, you can follow brother. me on all my social media at MattBerry06. Uh, follow me at Matt Butterfield. Uh, no, that's not my, fuck. I need another cup of coffee. Um, <laughs> uh, you follow me at Twitterfield on Twitter at matters on Instagram. Um, I've been doing this fun thing where I put up, uh, American playwrights, uh, texts up against, uh, King of the Hill screen grabs. So that's the future of my of theater in my world right now. Um, go, so follow me on Twitter to check those out and on Instagram as I post them on my stories there. Uh, if you want to come see the show I'm in, uh, Attack of the uh, Killer Mutant Leeches, Pocket Sandwich Theater. It's running until mid-November. Uh, it's Friday through Sunday nights of the week. Um, limited seating and and uh, seats are, and it's, it's a hot ticket. Limited People seating are, and seats are limited. Limited seating, seats are limited. And uh, there's a limit to how many people we can see. So get tickets. Um, Fuck you. <laughs> I feel like all I've had is coffee, but I feel like loopy and drunk. Is that weird? Maybe it's the Sudafed. Maybe it's, it's the diet meth. It's the diet meth that I took right before this. I feel like crazy right now. Hell yes. I'm just going to play electric guitar after this and piss off my parents as they watch church. <laughs> I'm about to go uh, ride a boat to look for dolphins. <laughs> that's so cool. I'm so Are you, excited. Oh, that's so awesome. Speaking anyway, of which, I got to roll. <laughs> yeah. All righty. All right, All everybody. Right. Love you. Love you. Adios, fuckers. <laughs>